Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. SHN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Now it's time to take a sports break. A look at sports history on a daily basis. Hello, my friends of sports history. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, your place for all things great in sports history. And welcome to your sports break for November 3rd as we talk about some of the greatest athletes and the events that they performed on November 3rd, along with the jersey numbers if they wore them. The jersey numbers we are going to talk about today are going to come up in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to make sure you are aware of our newsletter. You can sign up so easily. Go to the show notes of this very podcast. It's two quick questions. You'll have a newsletter of what's going on in the pig pen each and every day, 6.30 a.m. in your email inbox. A very intrusive cancel at any time, and uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Now those uniform numbers for today are numbers 4, 3, 6, 9, 29, 17, 32, 13, 11, 45, and 18, 34, 50, 16, 25, 23, 8, 14, 7, 82, 31 and number five. It all starts off November 3rd, 1934, and the New York Yankees first baseman, who wore number four, Lou Gehrig, won the American League Triple Crown after hitting a 363 and having 49 home runs and 165 RBIs. Pretty great season, I'd say. But he did not win the most valuable player for the American League. That belonged to Philadelphia Athletics catcher number three, Mickey Cochran, who had uh, batted 320, had two home runs and 76 RBIs. Kind of makes you scratch your head just a little bit on that one. November 3rd, 1942, the Boston Red Sox outfielder number nine, Ted Williams, won the American League Triple Crown. 356 average, 36 home runs, and 137 RBIs. However, he also did not win the American League MVP. That belonged to number six of the New York Yankees, Joe Gordon, uh, who won that award. November 3rd, 1948, the second NHL All-Star Game at Chicago Stadium in Chicago, Illinois. The All-Stars defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs 3-1. And number nine, Gordie Howe's first of 23 All-Star appearances occurred on that day. November 3rd, 1948, number 29, Cleggy Hermson, and number 17, Bones McKinney, each scored 17 points as the Washington Capitals defeated the Philadelphia Warriors 77-7 in the Washington Coliseum to win the first of 15 straight games to start the season. It was the best start in a National Basketball Association history. November 3rd, 1960, the Pittsburgh Pirates starter number 32, Vern Law, had a 20-9 record, 18 complete games. He won Major League Baseball's Cy Young Award that year. November 3rd, 1962, the San Francisco Warrior center number 13, Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain, scored 72 points in a 127-115 defeat of by the Los Angeles Lakers at the LA Memorial Coliseum. The 
Warriors lost to the Lakers. Just to make that clear on my stumbling and bumbling here. The, he was the fourth highest point total in NBA history with those 72 points. And it still to this day remains the sixth highest total game of all. November 3rd, 1965, Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher number 32, Sandy Koufax. He was named the Cy Young Award winner by a unanimous vote for the third time in his career. He posted a 26-8 record, 1.73 ERA. Batters just could not get a hit off him very easily. And a record-shattering 382 strikeouts. November 3rd, 1968, NFL front, the New York Jets kicker number 11, Jim Turner, nailed six field goals and an extra point to beat the Buffalo Bills 25-21 at Shea Stadium in New York. In November 3rd, 1970, future Baseball Hall of Fame pitcher number 45, Bob Gibson, won his second National League Cy Young Award. He had a 23-7 record that year, 274 strikeouts and a 3.12 ERA. November 3rd, 1973, Brigham Young University, the number 18, Jay Miller, set an NCAA football single game record with 22 catches uh, for 263 yards and route to a 56-21 victory over New Mexico at Cougar Stadium in Provo, Utah. 22 catches in one game. The, the boy had to really take a nap after that one, I am sure. November 3rd, 1981, uh, Milwaukee Brewers future Baseball Hall of Fame reliever number 34, Raleigh Fingers, had a 6-3 record, 28 saves, and a 1.04 ERA for the season. He won the American League Cy Young Award with 22 of 28 possible first-place votes going to Mr. Raleigh Fingers. November 3rd, 1982, pitcher number 50, Pete Vukovic, became the Milwaukee Brewers' second consecutive American League Cy Young Award winner. The hurler edged out Jim Palmer of the Baltimore Orioles as Vukovic had a record of 18-6 with 105 strikeouts and a 3.34 ERA. November 3rd, 1982, San Diego guard number 9, Randy Smith, played his 845th consecutive games in the Clippers' 130 a 111 loss to Philadelphia. This, with this, he passed by Johnny Redker's NBA record and goes on to play in 906 straight games. Now, November 3rd, 1987, the New York Rangers center number 16, Marcel Dion, became just the second NHL player to register 1,700 career points, scoring a goal in a 5-3 loss at Calgary. November 3rd, 1987, the Oakland Athletics first baseman, number 25, Mark McGuire, won the American League Rookie of the Year with 49 home runs, 118 RBIs. He was the second to win the American League Award unanimously. And the first one to accomplish this feat was Carlton Fisk all the way back in 1972. Remember, yesterday we talked about uh, McGuire was one of three consecutive Oakland A's to win the American League Rookie of the Year. Of course, uh, Jose Consenco and Mr. Weist uh, won it earlier. November 3rd, 1989, NBA expansion Minnesota Timberwolves made this franchise's NBA debut, but they lost the game 106-94 against the Seattle Supersonics at the Seattle Center Coliseum. The bright spot was number 23, Tyrone Corbin, the T-Wolves' top scorer 
who nailed in 20 points in the books. November 3rd, 1989, number 13, Soranis Mirolasanis, and number eight, Alexander Volkov, became the first Russians to play in a regular season NBA game. Rosanis scored 19 as the Golden State lost 136-106 to Phoenix, and Volkov was held scoreless in Atlanta's 126-103 defeat by the Indiana Pacers. November 3rd, 1990, the Atlanta Hawks center number two, Moses Malone, sets an NBA record for three throws made in a career by hitting seven and nine in a 121-120 win over the Indiana Pacers at the Omni. He passed Oscar Robinson's record of 7,694. So there's a big man, a center, hitting some free throws. Shaquille O'Neal, uh, you're probably... Uh, Wishing you were had a little bit more accuracy as him during your career on the free throw line. November 3rd, 1990, TCU quarterback number 14, Matt Volger, completed 44 passes, including five touchdowns for an NCAA football record, 690 passing yards, and a 56-35 loss to Houston at the Astrodome. The Houston quarterback uh, of the Cougars, uh, he had a pretty good game too. Number seven, uh, David Klingler threw for seven touchdowns himself in that fantastic game. November 3rd, 1993, defenseman uh, number three, Ken Danienko. He set a New Jersey Devils Ironman record by playing his 322nd consecutive NHL game, but it was a two to three loss at the LA Kings. November 3rd, 1993, number 31, Greg Maddox becomes the first pitcher since Sandy Koufax to win the National League Cy Young Award in consecutive Major League Baseball seasons and the first in, cons- in successive seasons with different teams. He won with the Cubs in 1992 and now with the Atlanta Braves in 1993. November 3rd, 1996, big moment in basketball. Los Angeles Lakers superstar number eight that year, Kobe Bryant, became then the youngest player to make his NBA debut. He was just 18 years, two months, and 11 days old in a 91-85 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Great Western Forum. November 3rd, 1996, the San Francisco 49ers receiver, the great one, number 80, Jerry Rice, grabbed three passes for 45 yards and a touchdown to become the first player in NFL history to reach 1,000 career receptions in a 24-17 victory over the New Orleans Saints. He finished his career with 1,549. Don't know if that'll ever be broken. November 3rd, 1997, Boston Red Sox short Stop number five, Nomar Garciaparra, becomes the sixth player to be the unanimous choice for the American League Rookie of the Year. He led the AL in hits, 209, triples with 11, multi-game hits with 68, and also set the American League record with 30 games hitting streak. Quite a year for Mr. Garciaparra. Now, November 3rd, 2001, the San Antonio Spurs guard number eight, Steve Smith, played in his first game against Portland after being traded from the Trailblazers. He tied the NBA record for the most three-point field goals in a game without a miss. He went eight for eight, scored 36 points in a 106-90 victory. That's some long ball shooting there from Steve Smith. November 3rd, 2013, number nine, Nick Foles. Remember him? He connected with number 14, Riley Cooper, three times to become the seventh passer in NFL history with seven touchdown tosses in a game during the Philadelphia Eagles 
49-20 win over the Raiders in Oakland. Foles completed 22 of 28 passes for 406 yards. Quite a job off the bench Mr. Foles would do. End up winning a Super Bowl with the Eagles right around that time as well. So that is your football history, your sports break for November 3rd. So glad you could join us once again. Hope you'll join us each and every day for more great sports history because we're going to bring it and we're going to bring you those uniform numbers as well and uh, help you remember some of these great athletes, the great things that they did and their uniform numbers day after day. Till tomorrow, everybody, have a great sports history day. We're dribbling around and see the shot clock's almost out, so we got to put up our shot and come back tomorrow for some more great sports history. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com, not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.